Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Vikings-Giants game, but not just the Vikings-Giants game. What did they do in the Bears game? Because there's some things I saw in this Bears game. And yes, we know Kirk Cousins only played a half. We know a lot of the starters didn't play and rested. But there are some things that happened in this game that I caught Kevin O'Connell doing here and then that I'm like, you know what? This can work for the Giants game because the Giants game was missing some pieces and maybe some people thought they were holding back for the playoffs. Well, it's the playoffs. No reason to hold back now. But we'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone. It's the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. We are going to talk about the Vikings. It's playoff time. There's no more Packers. There's no more Lions. And there's no more Bears. Like Jasmine Sullivan said, I'm not scared of Packers and Lions and Bears. Well, that's not the song, but you know how the song goes. And as I bring Sam Extra in, before I do that, I want you guys to remember, please download Locked On Sports Minnesota's app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your TV, go to your search apps, add apps, just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. Click it, download it. It'll be right in your screen. You get all of our videos, all of our shows, and all of the updated. You can go back and watch some old shows. You can see Adam Thielen. You can see Cam Bynum. You can see Robert Griffith. You can see Robert Smith even, and he has some good stuff to say about Kirk Cousins. So you, you want to go back and check those out. But as I bring Sam Ekstrom into the show, my producer, and here's where we go with this game. It was ugly. It was boring. There was not a lot going on. Uh, early on, this is what I saw. So here are kind of my three takeaways that I think could transfer to that game. Justin Jefferson catches a screen and start the game. I don't understand why you don't do that every game. Like Justin Jefferson can catch a screen behind the line of scrimmage every game or coming down the line or some type of receiver quick route every single time. One, that gives Justin Jefferson an early catch. So now you're not playing that, oh, it's the second quarter and Justin Jefferson still doesn't have a catch or a target. Or, you know, it's the third quarter, Justin Jefferson just got his first catch. Get him a catch early. Get him a catch early. Get him going. See where, see where he's at. Because if he makes a catch and makes a guy miss, now he's immediate gasoline on the fire he's immediate starter for the guy like he's a he's an auto start for that team you know the auto start hit the button from the garage and your car starts so that's that's where justin jefferson is you hit that button you throw him a quick hitch the the car started now the team is going because he might make a who knows he makes a, a guy miss he's sneaky he can keep going he's hard to tackle and so that's one thing I think they got to start the game with something like that, where Justin Jefferson's getting going early. Two, KJ Osborne, six targets, five catches, 117 yards. You got to be able to replicate that. You, if Justin Jefferson, the fact that Justin Jefferson, and again, it was the Bears, so they're, they we know they're not playing to win. They actually were hoping to lose. Um, I, I, I was surprised at all the like the fumbles. Their their owners probably like, what are you? Why are you fumbling the ball, Dalvin Cook? We don't want it. Keep it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Right. And so and, Nick Mullins, don't throw right. us the ball. No, no, and, and even for the corner, you know, like I, I talked about that. I talked about disguising coverage for uh Nick um uh, Josh Metellus and uh Duke Shelley. At that moment when that corner, uh, I think it was Strowman, 
when he disguised that he was going to play that flat and drop back to, to to rob the underneath corner even then i, I know their their owners like dude just just go to cj ham in the flat let 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 him throw the let him throw the corner out don't pick him off what are you doing and so when you think about that though kj osborne is a viable weapon they have to find ways to get him going as well the minute it feels like they're gonna because the giants watch that packers film and they're watching it today they're watching it tomorrow they're watching they probably started they already knew they were to succeed they probably knew that the 49ers were gonna the minute the 49ers won or start kicking uh kicking their butt i'm pretty sure that those coaches just threw on that packers film like hey let's watch this packers game what did the packers do to justin jefferson that we can utilize well plan press man with somebody over the top uh so two man or some type of quarters with a press guy on one side so quarter quarter half where half the field is is uh playing cover two the other half is playing quarters we got two deep guys but that half side is just jefferson side you you press him and you have a guy come up so you can play like two man on one side and four on the other they're looking at all that stuff because they're like how do we slow Justin? well if they do kj osborne is there my next one is cj ham's usage four catches 47 yards you got to find ways to use him more especially with the fact that if you're going to go with Oliudo at tackle cj ham is a great option to help him block on that side and pass protection if you want to get justin or uh, uh what's his name dalvin cook out routes let cj ham be the additional blocker instead of a tight end um i think he's a better blocker he's stronger uh and then even when he makes catches in the flat like he's not being tackled by the first guy he's not even wiggling he's just running like a battering ram um and the time of possession for me that was another one and, and again we're talking about the bears and they weren't trying to win and they weren't playing well but 36 to 23 time of possession um and in that time of possession the defense held the bears to 141 passing yards and ryan wright punted one time so things like that for me are what the vikings can transfer over one third downs being very efficient getting to third and short third manageable um when, when you talk about time of possession for the defense just play your like play don't get and, and again we're talking about two quarterbacks who in any other circumstance they're not on a roster probably but just play your position those guys were in perfect position they were doing the things they needed to do and so that for me seemed like that's a willing winning formula against the giants and then once you get that lead this is the first time i saw where it didn't feel like and again second half quarterback for the bears was terrible but this is the first time i felt like it was not going to happen. Like they were not going to have one of those meltdowns. And even if they did, I don't think the Vikings care. Cause like, it doesn't matter if we lose this game, we're still going to be the three C playing against the six, but it, it didn't even happen there. The defense stood up. You saw guys like Asezi Atamewu. Uh, you, you saw Patrick Jones. Uh, you saw DJ Wanham. You saw those guys playing hard. The one, one question mark I have from the game, the Kevin O'Connell needs to figure out one time up or uh timeouts. He used at the end of the half, like the way he uses timeouts, and Kirk Cousins dumping off the ball and then having to rush out and get a field goal. 12 men on the field, two footballs on the field. It was just absolute chaos. That's one. The second one is, why was Chandon Sullivan in the game so much longer than everybody else? Like, I get it. If you don't have a nickel, who cares? You don't have to play nickel against the Bears. They're not throwing the ball. Like, just put whoever, put three safeties in the game, put mm -hmm. four linebackers in the game, do whatever you need to do. But Chandon Sullivan is your starting nickel. And now... He might not be able to play against the Giants. And that's what really is going to be a determining factor. Like if he can't go against the Giants, and we know Kenny Galladay hasn't done anything all year, uh, did have a, a decent game though against the Eagles or one, I, don't, I just saw the one catch, um, but hasn't played much all year. Uh, he's back. So that now adds to the fuel. Like the Giants now have a big weapon that 
I mean, him and jump balls and him in the, the Lions days, he killed the Vikings. And so now you get Kenny Galladay back. You're, you're going to need Shannon Sullivan because the Giants were picking the Vikings apart and started to come back. And that's how they ended up, you know, having a win with a 61-yard field goal. So that was the other one for me that was kind of like, why is Chandler Sullivan in here? And then what's going on with these these timeouts and the the, the way the time clock was used in the half? Uh, but I don't know. What did you see from that game, uh, game, Sam, that you think can go over to the Giants game or has to be thrown away? Yeah, well, it, it sounds like, first of all, KOC is pretty optimistic about Sullivan playing. He sounded that way in his post game, so mm -hmm. fingers crossed on that. Um, and then maybe Bradbury and Brandle come back. That would be huge as well. But from yesterday, how about Duke Shelley? I mean, yeah. what a season for him. I know you're not a PFF believer, Ron, but according <laughs> to PFF, he's a maybe you believe this one. They say he's a top 20 corner in the league. And I believe it because he looks the part. I mean, the completion percentage against him is like 50% on the year. Uh, came up with his first interception yesterday against his former team. That was pretty cool. Got a game ball afterward. Duke Shelley has passed Cameron Dantzler. So he's going to be the guy in the playoffs, and he's got to continue to be the guy. Um, I think that's that's a gigantic key to this uh, pass defense right now. Yeah, Duke Shelley did play well. Um, he also had some media type of fire. Like he he was under fire uh, by Brisker uh, for the Bears, number nine. He wasn't happy that that after the interception. And I guess I didn't see it. I just saw the interception. I didn't keep watching, or maybe the TV copy didn't show it. But he mm -hmm. ran to uh, midfield and spiked the ball in the middle of the, the logo, uh, like Terrell Owens. And Brisker wasn't too happy with that. But this is where I get it. Duke Shelley even tweeted to him, say, hey, man, my bad. Uh, but you don't know what it felt like for the Bears to cut me and feel like I didn't belong in this league. And now he's getting a chance and he got an interception against the team that didn't believe in him. So I get it. There was some added uh, emotion there. There's probably some added like, OK, I'm here. I made it. You guys didn't believe me and I'm going to go show you. Um, hey. It is an emotional game. You're you're a gladiator. You have a heart, but you're expected to turn it off. Sometimes you just can't turn it off. And as long as the emotion is positive and the emotion isn't hurting your team uh, and the emotion doesn't take away from the victory, um, you know, like emotion when I say fighting, pushing a, you know, medical staff member and getting kicked out of a game, that's the kind of stuff where your emotions can, can hurt the team. Uh, those are dumb emotions, um, you know, which is the second time that's happened to Quay Walker, by the way. He pushed somebody for the Buffalo Bills as well, which clearly he has anger management. And then he's a big baby when you watch him walk down the tunnel and kind of, you know, throw his helmet against his knee and kind of pout. Like, I don't know why I got sent to my room. Um, you know, it's like a kid that your mom's warned you three or four times. You need to chill out. And then you just don't. And then they finally see your room. And you're like, what? Why did I go to my room? What did I do? Like, you've been doing it. And we finally called you on it. Go to your room. Let's go. You're done. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. And so Quay Walker uh one probably was going to locker room hoping like please win this game so it's not my last game well it didn't work out for you there either karma is a mother it was his last game and that's what everybody's going to remember him from the offseason that yep. you dead ball had no reason to do it and you decided to push a trainer why because he tapped you a little bit so he can get to the player because you're standing over him because people are like oh those are those guys are all you know teammates and you know they know each other he knows swift yeah but it doesn't matter like you're just standing there. You're not bent over like trying to see what's wrong. You're just standing in a way. So let the trainer who maybe can help in this situation get in there. And once he kind of moves you back, just move out the way. You don't know if that was a ref. You don't, you just saw a black jacket and you pushed him. What is wrong with you?
it's it it happened the way we wanted it to happen. Now it didn't happen completely the way I wanted it to happen. I wanted Seattle to lose, and I wanted the Lions to get into the playoffs. A lot of people said if Dan Campbell actually had a shot to be in the playoffs, maybe they play a little bit tighter. Maybe they 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 don't do some of the things they did on fourth down. Maybe some of the play calls uh, they don't do. And I have to believe maybe because he's playing with house money. At that point, you lose. Who cares? You lose. The season was over anyway. You win and you send the Packers home because his his little speech uh, to the to the media, you know, they asked him, hey, what's going on? And he said, hey, we're just getting, you know, we got to get it going. We're, we're not in a rhythm yet, blah, blah. And she, and she asked, I mean, I guess it's her job. Bold question was, you know, you, you guys came out knowing that you were eliminated from the playoffs. And he was like, yeah, we're eliminated from the playoffs, but we don't want these guys to go either. I loved that by Dan Campbell. I love the fact that he was aware of the moment. He knew his players knew they were out. And their message was, if we're going to go, you're going with us. Like, if we're going to go sit on couches for the next month or two and watch the playoffs, you're going to come sit on the couch with us. And so he stood by his word. His team got into a rhythm. The Packers started to get tight. And the Lions made plays when it mattered most. There were some controversial plays on both sides. Uh, even the one that really threw me off was the free play and Christian Watson uh, ends up making like a big catch, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it was a, a neutral zone infraction, or maybe he didn't get, no, 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 it ended up being fourth and one, but it was a neutral zone infraction, like fourth and six, neutral zone infraction, but the offensive tackle jumped offside or a false start as well because he was trying to start and then point like, hey, I, I jumped because of him. The rest let the play go. Now, neutral zone infraction, you can let the play go. But once an offensive player moves, it, you blow the whistle and then you just call what you call, whether it's like offensive person impeded by the defensive person. And that's why he jumped. Like, you don't just let the play go because the tackle jumped off sides. Like, little things like that leads me to truly believe those referees, and we're human. We're caught up in the Aaron Rodgers moment. Like, they wanted this. They they had a feeling this is Aaron Rodgers' last game. And Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, made comments. And we'll talk about that later in the Daily Three. But I just, I was confused by a lot of the, the calls because, you know, they, they oh, he didn't have control of the ball. He stopped it in midair, the receiver. And then as he's coming down, he kind of shuffles and hits the ground. You have control when you stab it in the air. Now, the fact that you didn't complete the catch through the ground, I get it. But did the ground assist him in stabbing it there? No. It just jarred it loose as he came down. So they've got to relook at that rule. I get it. I get it. But Des Bryant tweeted it out. I guess nobody can make catches in, in Green Bay because we all know the big <laughs> Dallas, you know, Des Bryant uh, catch. And that was a catch. He actually caught the ball, took a few steps, like two steps, dove, and then hit the ground. Ball comes out. They say it was never a catch. How? Like he caught it, put it in one hand, took two steps, and dove. How's that not having control of the ball? But maybe I don't know what control is. Here's another one uh, that threw me off. When you look at Quay Walker, he got ejected, but number 95, he bumped the trainer as well. Both of them should have been ejected. You know, I think the the Quay Walker was egregious, so you have to do that one. Whether it's an additional penalty on, on 95, I don't know if you could do two 15-yard penalties. Maybe it's just one. Uh, but 95 needs to get fined as well. Like he he definitely bumped and mugged the, the the trainers well, which made no sense. It's a guy out on the field trying to help one of the other players that got hurt. Like, what's going like, and that's why the, you see Matt LaFleur say, hey, be smart. So they made some dumb mis mistakes. Uh, but the best thing is we don't have to deal with the Packers anymore. We don't have to deal with people talking about the Packers. I was I'm not gonna lie. I said that I did not want to see the Packers in the playoffs. They are the most they to me would have been the most dangerous team. Them or the Lions would have been one of the most dangerous teams in the playoffs. When you think about 
going to play the 49ers, I think the Packers or the Lions could have beat them because they both play aggressive, hard defense. They both uh, move the ball well and we're running the ball at a high clip. But anyway, it's not Packers fan line. We're moving on. Um, <laughs> I am excited to talk about this Giants game, though, because now it is a playoff game. I think the slogan is as one. I saw the commercial last night as one. We're going to be doing shows all week leading up to uh, the Friday game or Friday show at the Mall America. So I'm looking forward to the Vikings special game day shows all wild card week. Uh, we're calling it wild card live. I don't know, but it's going to be fun. So I'm excited about that because we're going to talk Giants. Uh, we're we're going to talk about what happens if they win. Where do they have to travel to? Can there be some upsets? Like, can Seattle upset the 49ers to where we might get Tom Brady back in the building with Antoine uh, Antoine Winfield Jr.? Like, we might get it. We might get Tom Brady back in the building. Or do the Dallas Cowboys have to come back? And, they, and the Vikings get their revenge against the Cowboys. We shall see. But I know the Giants, when you look at all the possible matchups, the Giants is a favorable matchup for the, for the Vikings. So we'll kind of talk about that. Like, where does this tale of the tape lie? Is it? You know, does the Giants have the edge X, Y, and Z, or do the Vikings have the edge? Because a lot of people are debating, um, and I'm excited. We're, we'll talk about the line because Bet Online already has the line, and we'll see as how it moves. Uh, because as more injury reports come out, I think Wednesday we'll get the first one. We'll get to kind of see. It's a 3:30 kickoff, so hey, people get to kind of relax, enjoy their morning, have some coffee, go to church, and then head down to the stadium to get in there when the doors open. I think 1:30, probably one o'clock. So. Have fun, enjoy church, and then let's get down to this Viking Stadium to cheer them on because that's the that's going to be the goal is noise. You got to be able to drown out the noise for Daniel Jones. But remember this, people. Check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And we also have a word from our sponsors. Let's get our first look at the line via betonline.net. That is your number one source for all the lines, all the trends, all the analysis, any league, any line. Vikings favored by three points against the Giants at home Sunday afternoon. Over under 47 and a half money line minus 150 in favor of Minnesota. So they're basically giving them the three points for home field advantage against the Giants. That should be a lot of fun. And by the way, the 49ers favored by 10 against the Seahawks. That game is on Saturday. So the Vikings will know who they would play in the second round when they finish up that game on Sunday. Get all the lines for the NFL playoffs, for the college football championship, uh, and plenty more at betonline.net. Find it on your mobile device. It's where the game starts. Sam, as we jump into this next topic, it's playoff football. Playoff football is what you play for. So when the Vikings started the offseason, let's go back to that. Everybody was saying, tear it up. Tear it up. Start over. Maybe get rid of Kirk Cousins. Let's let Quasey and Kevin O'Connell build it from the ground up. Quasey and Kevin O'Connell looked at this roster and said, no, this is, this is a team I think we can compete with. We just need some pieces here and there. Now, the pieces have not done much. I mean, Harrison Phillips has been a great contributor. Channon Sullivan has been an awesome piece to the puzzle. Uh, Zadarius Smith definitely has been a big piece of the puzzle, but not always healthy. Uh, but hopefully that, you know, the week off he got, just got should help him out big time. But that was really it. Other than that, it's been the guys. Like Ed Ingram, he's been in there, but hasn't like it hasn't been a make or break. Like, oh, I'm glad we got him. Like, it's like good to have him. But it's not one of those like standout things. Now, TJ Hawkinson was a late ad, which definitely was a big piece. 
But for the most part, this was a competitive rebuild, as we all said they should do, because you have the pieces. You have Adam Thielen. You had K.J. Osborne. You had Justin Jefferson. You had Kirk Cousins already. You had Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter. Like, you already had the pieces. So if you have the pieces that a lot of teams don't, I mean, look at, I mean, who's the worst team out there? You look at the Texans. They don't have any of the pieces that the Vikings, literally. There's not one person on the Texans right now that I could look at and be like, oh, yeah, I can build around him. You you literally can cut that entire team and just start over again. You probably could have the Georgia football team mixed with some Alabama players, mixed with some LSU players, and take some of the top college. Like, you could take the, the, the top college players from those Michigan, all those top teams, and I guarantee you probably have a better team than the Houston Texans if you let them get a full offseason of workouts together, training, learning the offense. I can pluck guys off all those teams and make a better roster than the Texans. And so that's the problem with the Texans, and we'll talk about that as well in the Daily Three. But when you're looking at this team now, they're in the playoffs. This is what everybody's been waiting for. 13-4. and four. I don't think anybody – I said 12-5, and five, so even I underestimated them. 13 and four, which I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward today to going back to a lot of those tweets when I first, when the Vikings first tweeted out the video and everybody was like, oh, Ron's dumb and blah, 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 and you know, cause the Vikings tweeted it out. And so they put my prediction out there and everybody called me a homer and blah. now look at us. Now look at my, my prediction. I'm looking forward to scrolling through Twitter today because because I got a good 30, 40 minute break before we go live tonight at 6 30 p.m. for the Vikings live show. And oh, yeah, I'm going to scour Twitter because I'm bringing it up on the show because nobody believed me. Everybody thought, oh, the Vikings are paying them to say that. They were, but I was right. <laughs> so when you look at this team, though, it's playoff football. And Sam, with playoff football, this is what matters. When you look at the games, you got the Vikings. Uh, and, and, and I start here, the Packers being out changes kind of my perspective. I was looking forward to the Packers versus the 49ers, but I still didn't want the, it's like one of those things where you don't want the Packers in, but you want the Packers in, you know, like I, I I'm, I'm indifferent about it, I guess. I, I want them in cause I want them to knock off the, the, the 49ers. Cause I think the Vikings have a better chance of beating the Packers at home than they do the 49ers on the road. So I wanted the Packers to knock them off, but then also the Packers are done. So we don't have to talk about the Packers anymore. We don't have to deal with their fans anymore. We don't have to deal with their people anymore. They are done. Only thing they can, they're doing is sitting back waiting for the Vikings to lose so they can then come in and just bash us. Like, oh, you, 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 they put you guys in the playoffs to do that. You guys went 13 and four to do that. Look at your DVOA now. Look at your EPA. Look at your MOUSC. I don't know. Whatever the letters are that they want us to bring up with the Vikings and, and analytics, we're going to hear about it if the Vikings lose. But who cares? But when you look at this, Sam, I look at the schedule and the way it was set. Right now, which they did it, Monday night, and this is the question to you, Monday night is the best, like, I guess, closest game, I think, in their minds. When you look at Tom Brady, one, he's going to get TV people to watch, and you got Dak Prescott in the Cowboys because they're America's team, and, and all the big networks love to talk about the Cowboys and Dak. Um, but, but that was Monday night. So that could be a potential Vikings are playing the winner of the Monday night game because maybe the Seahawks pull a rabbit out of their hat and find a way to beat the 49ers and Geno Smith just goes off. But Vikings, Giants, that's who the opponent is. What are your thoughts on this game immediately or early? I like it. I like the matchup for Minnesota. I, I think that people are, are pretty caught up in, well, the Vikings needed a 61-yard field goal to beat them last time. You were up 24-16 mm -hmm. in that game at the very end. That's a pretty comfortable margin. Now, 
you allowed the Giants to drive the field at the end and tie the game. Then you came down and won. The Giants offense had very little explosiveness to it. They can run the ball well. They can amass a few first downs. They can kind of move it between the 20s. They're not really a good finishing offense. Um, so I want to, I wanted this matchup. Um, and I, I'm, I'm embracing it. I think the Giants defense is gettable. I think Justin Jefferson can, can get yards on this group. And mm-hmm. I don't think this is a team that's really going to punish you uh, defensively. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think the Vikings, they're favored by three, which is probably correct, but I think they could definitely cover in this game. There's been times where the Vikings, you feel like, should have had the game under control. This was one of those where it should have been the Jets as well. Uh, I mean, you can go like all the way to these games, but here's where I take this one. The Giants, and I saw this, or not, sorry, the Bears, I saw this stat, and I'm like, man, this could have been the Vikings. In one-score games this year, and that's why I love to talk to Peter Bukowski about this. <laughs> one-score games this year, the Bears, I don't know if you saw the stat, they were 1-7. Horrible. They were 1-7 in, in one-score games. So if you flip that, and they're 7-1, and one, they still don't make the play. Well, no, that would have been 10 games. They'd have so 10. They, they make the playoffs. Ten games probably gets them in because yes, it does because the Packers and the Lions and the Seahawks all were at eight wins. They were eight and eight. So if the if the if the Bears flip that and they go seven and one in one score games versus one and seven, they're in the playoffs. So that's the big difference in finding ways to win these one score games where the Vikings were eleven and zero. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need a big catch from Justin Jefferson or a fumble by Josh Allen. You could say what you want to say, but they won those games. Whereas if they were, let's just say they were one and 10, nobody would be talking. They would be four and 14, four and 13. Like a four and 13 team, we would be questioning should Kevin O'Connell be the coach? Like we would literally be sitting up here looking like Lovey Smith. Should Kevin O'Connell be the coach? They went four and 13. Every game they were in, they just couldn't. Because think about all the moments. Could have been a field goal miss. Could have been uh, Josh Allen's fumble actually didn't fumble and he gets out the end zone and then they run the clock out. Uh, Justin Jefferson's fourth down just falls to the turf. Great attempt, but it touches the ground. There's so much into this that I don't understand why people are so upset and guys like Peter Bukowski. But when you look at the Giants-Vikings game, here's the things that have to happen in this game. It has to be convincing. But this is the other key to this, and I said this. Their defense. So now half the teams are gone. There's 14 teams left. Their defense just has to be seventh or eighth out of the 14 teams. Because now it starts from zero again. The stats are zero. It doesn't matter what you did during the season. It's not Mm -hmm. carrying over. Start over again. Zero. Finish seventh or eighth defensively. And I think you're fine. Because you just have to be better than the team you're playing, which means you're going to be better than half of the teams that enter the playoffs. If you can finish the playoffs with the seventh or eighth ranked defense in that, because the offense is going to be top four. The offense is top four out of 32 teams. So with the playoff teams, they're going to be top four. Kirk Cousins is going to play well. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the fourth quarter. You look at the last eight years. Eight years. 66% completions. Almost 67% completions. Who's better? Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. 34,000 yards. 34,000 yards. Who's better? Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. 233 touchdowns. Who's
Who's better? Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So Kirk Cousins, the last eight years, has been a top three quarterback. Now, here's where Kirk Cousins has to fix this in the playoffs, and this is where the big moment Kirk, primetime Kirk, everybody talks about. And I think Kevin O'Connell has helped him with this. 86 interceptions, that's the sixth most interceptions in that span. That's a lot. 275 sacks, not his fault. That's the eighth most. So, meaning he's getting hit, he's getting pressure, but he hasn't missed games. He's been sacked the six most times in the last mm-hmm. eight years, 275 times. Can you imagine getting hit 275 times by somebody over 300 pounds, maybe multiple guys at 270 to 300 pounds and still walking away and playing? Like Kirk Cousins, that's not his fault he's getting sacked the eighth most. That's not uh, the interceptions. Yeah, probably some are his fault, but we know there's been some interceptions that are not his fault where guys run the wrong routes, guys are in the right position, tip balls. So, I mean, I'm not going to go back and watch every Kirk Cousins interception to figure out which ones are his fault, which ones are not. But this is where I go with this. Kirk Cousins is going to be fine. He has a coach now that this is what he needed, I think, to get into the playoffs and get his mind right. So I think Kirk Cousins for the Giants now with Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell can't leave anything on the table. Put TJ Hawkinson out wide. Like, that's another thing I want to see in this game. I want to see some TJ Hawkinson one-on-one in the red zone. Just throw a jump ball. He's 6'5", and he has a 38-inch vertical. At the combine, he killed the Giants like, last time. Go up. We know he can go up and get the ball. But now, don't get tricky. Just put him out there. If they double him, they're telling you they're treating him like Gronk or they're treating him like Calvin Johnson. Now, your three-receiver side is manned up. But they can't man up Justin Jefferson's side. So that's why I say pick your poison. Go TJ Hawkinson over here by himself because I like him one-on-one in the red zone more than I like Justin Jefferson one-on-one. And the reason is just because I can just throw it up. And it's a jump ball because he's 6'5", and there's not going to be a 6'5", or 6'5", corner, linebacker, or safety covering him. Justin Jefferson, on the other hand, in space, yeah, nobody can cover him. But red zone, it's compacted, so the DB has a lot of the sideline in the back of the end zone to help himself out. But now you go three receivers to that left side. If they man it up, now get tricky over there. See what happens. If not, I'm going man up. I'm going to just throw a jump ball, and TJ Hawkins is going to head top somebody. It's time to moss him. But what do you want to see from the Giants game before we jump into the Daily 3? Yeah, I I think that K.J. Osborne is your number two guy. I mean, you mentioned T.J., and it might Mm -hmm. be T.J. I think K.J. is probably your number two receiver behind Justin Jefferson. Love Thielen. Still think he's a red zone guy. Like like yesterday, they drive. K.J. gets him down the field, Mm -hmm. and Adam Thielen finishes it off. I think that's the formula. I just think that KJ has more explosiveness in his legs to get deep, to get separation. And I think the targets reflect that. Last four games, he's got 33 targets, 25 catches, 350 yards. I think that we're seeing the baton being passed before our eyes. And I think they need to carry that into the playoffs. I think KJ Osborne needs to be your number two. I I agree. I have said that. I, I said he deserved, at least I thought, honestly, I thought let Thielen get healthy these last two games. I thought KJ Osborne should have just been the number two receiver uh, in the targeting situation, in the play calling, how you start the game. If you're going to start two wides, two tights, because now Irv Smith is back. Um, I think we even talked about Irv. We'll, we'll talk about him more this week um, because for sure, and for sure, Friday's roundtable, we're going to have to talk about Irv because I'm, I'm interested to see, because he was the number one tight end coming into the season. He was the number one guy coming to training camp. He was the guy that we like thought that Kevin O'Connell can turn into a, a absolute weapon. I think we're forgetting how good Irv can be. Um, I think some of the routes that he was being asked to run weren't his cup of tea, and he wasn't figuring out the leverage. And 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 even you know everybody when it comes to leverage and then what your cha- your choice route. 
everybody everybody's been kind of i mean we've seen uh jalen rager run the wrong route we've seen justin jefferson run the wrong route we've seen adam thielen this weekend looks like he ran the wrong route when kirk cousins threw the out in the back of the end zone and, and adam ran like a back in um so yeah. it, it's it's definitely some 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 mental verbiage to that i think uh Irv smith was thinking too much he wasn't move when you don't think you move fast when you're thinking you kind of you you count your steps because you're thinking like okay is he out is he in is he out is he in? oh he's in I'm gonna go out and then I, oh, I'm gonna go, I should have went in like I feel like that's where Irv was at and that's why he wasn't getting the separation we thought he should get um but hey he's back he's healthy he looked quick he has T.J. Hawkinson now so he's not gonna get like when you're on the field with T.J. Hawkinson Adam Thielen K.J. Osborne and Justin Jefferson you're the fifth option which means you're getting fifth option coverage. So he's going to get a lot of linebackers now. He's going to get a lot of Nick, like dime, the dime cornerback is probably going to cover him every once in a while. You're going to get the linebacker that doesn't normally cover because one linebacker is going to take TJ Hawkinson. That's probably their better cover corner guy. And you're going to get the other guy. So, or you're not going to get covered. They're just going to leave you open in the middle of the zone. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what Kevin O'Connell kind of comes up with, how he gets Kirk Cousins thinking this week. Cause He's got a big task at hand. Uh, you can't lose a home game to the Giants. You can't. Nope. You can't lose a home game to the Giants. Because I know if that happens, now the Eagles are like, thank you. We get the Giants again, and we just beat them with our nobodies? We are going to kill the Giants. Like, the Eagles are be like, thank you, Vikings. We are so happy you gave us the Giants for lunch today. Because that's going to be a blow. I mean, now the NFC East would love that because – now you got their two guys. You got the Giants market. You got the Philly market. But no, it, it's it's got to be the Vikings, Eagles left in this. I want to see them travel to Philly for the NFC Championship game. But hey, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We got the Daily Three coming up next. But remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast and find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. We have another word from our sponsors. Yes, we do. Built Bar is a delicious treat. If you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? If you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try Built Bar. You probably got some for the holidays. You're, you're trying to get in better shape here with the New Year's resolutions. Built Bar helps you with that because they are healthy and they are tasty. The two of them can intersect. Uh, seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you, but it's true. 100% real chocolate. Great macros, like 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein to nourish you. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. You can find them not only at Built.com, but at Walmart and Sam's Club as well. Go to uh, Walmart, get the 4-bar box, go to Sam's Club, find the 13-bar box, and load up on Built Bars. Built Bar, phenomenal nutrition, tasting good at the same time. Built Bar built.com well it's time for the daily three that's three questions three minutes each sam's gonna try to throw them some out there and see what we got take it away sam let's get back into the aaron Rodgers talk there were some signs yesterday after the game that this might be it for aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. he, he wouldn't take the jersey off his back when jameson williams asked him for it he was yep. looking around lambeau field taking it all in he was embracing randall cobb walking down the tunnel seemed like the end of something, whether it's the end altogether or the end in Green Bay. 
Has Aaron Rodgers played his last game for the Packers, Ron? I think so. I, I truly believe it. Uh, some people are saying retirement. I don't know if he retires um, because I'm guessing his contract is like player option and team option where he can opt out and they can opt out um, because it was a lot of guaranteed money. Uh, I, when you have a lot of money like Aaron Rodgers already, he's got the State Farm deal. Like, because some people are like, dude, I'm not walking away from whatever left on the 60, 70 million dollars. I'm not walking away from it. I'm a, if, if I got a limp on the field, I'm a limp and get me 70 million. But at the same time, mental health is huge. Uh, the money does not cure it all. Uh, if he is not feeling comfortable or having fun anymore, don't do it. Uh, that's how a lot of players end up in a bad place. And so, yeah, I, I could see Aaron Rodgers being completely done. Like, I can see it. I can see him moving on uh, and, and, and trying to get, whether it's traded, or forcing his way out or mutually agreed upon trade uh, because Jordan Love, I mean, it's about time you drafted him. Let's see what he has. Um, but there's a lot of draft picks. There's a lot of teams out there uh, that the Packers, I think it's screw Aaron Rodgers, but they could trade him to a team that's not great. I don't know if he has a trade clause in his contract where it's like you can't trade me to the Texans uh, for the second pick overall. Um, but who knows? Who knows where, where he could go? I could see, you know, the Raiders trying to get because David Carr's done. So I can see the Raiders trying to make that trade to get him to put him back with Devontae Adams out in that division because that division with the Chargers, um, hey, they can they can compete and get in the playoffs from out there. Go to the AFC. Get away from the NFC. Uh, but I can see that happening. Um, not sure. I think the Broncos are stuck with Russell Wilson, so he can't end up a Bronco with George with uh, Peyton out there. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I do feel like that was the end. Just the you know, no, nah, I think I got to keep this one. Um, and it could have been a gut reaction from him, just like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm done or not. But if this is it, this I at least want to have the last Packer jersey I ever played in. Um, so maybe, but yeah, and, and I'm guessing he'll reach out to Jameson Williams with a with a different jersey. Like, hey man, I know you want to trade with me. Uh yeah. I'll send you a different jersey if you want to send me yours, but I gotta keep the actual game worn last game Aaron Rodgers ever played in. And who knows? He might pull a Tom Brady and retire and come back. You know, like we've seen Tom Brady do that um, where Aaron Rodgers tells everybody he's walking away and then we get the facts of I'm back and he's coming back to be a Packer because Christian Watson has played well. Like he, he's not like he's walking away from a terrible team. So I can see him retiring, just trying to get away for the offseason and then pulling a Tom Brady. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's the Packers or nothing because I think mm -hmm. they, they structured that contract so that there's there's still a bunch of guaranteed money on it a four-year deal um so if he does retire he still is owned by the Packers like if he comes back they would have to trade him um to get rid of him maybe they want to do that um I, I think teams would be a little more cautious to give up the farm for an aging quarterback after seeing what happened with Russell Wilson and and some of these big contracts that haven't worked out True. but I I, I think Rodgers as contentious as things have seen the past couple of years I think he wants to retire a Packer I don't as much as he's turning into Brett Favre, mm -hmm. I don't think he wants to be Brett Favre in that he kind of turns his back on the fan base and has to go through all of that criticism. I think that the legacy part matters to him, and I think that he wants to either go out a Packer or just go out. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to fool around with other teams. Could be wrong. Maybe the Packers turn their back and he gets mad at them, kind of Favian, Um, but that's where I stand. I think it's the Packers or nothing. Yeah, because there's a lot of teams. He can literally follow Brett Favre's steps and go to the Jets because the Jets need a quarterback as well. Yeah. They have soft garden. They have a really good defense. They have some offensive weapons. They're going to have a decent draft pick again. So, hey.
What's and the then the Vikings one? after that, right? And then the Vikings. Jets and then Vikings. Yep. Uh, let you brought it up earlier. Lovey Smith fired from the Texans after mm-hmm. one year, a year where they gave him nothing. They were clearly tanking. They brought him in to oversee this tank job and then fired him. Maybe they fired him because they accidentally won the game yesterday on a Hail Mary on fourth and 20 at the end. And then a two point conversion. Crazy way to lose the first round pick. But what are the Texans in the wrong here for basically having a lame duck coach in a tanking season? Yes. The fact that they fired him. Um, they're wrong, but the, the other time I think Lovey knew though. Uh, it, it's it's you, you don't take a job like that with nothing because I think he said at the beginning of the year like, you know, I don't know what I can do with this roster, something like that. Like I, I got to figure out what to do with this roster. I can't remember what he said or maybe somebody else said it for him. Um, but yeah, that roster was not built to win. They know they're starting over. They wanted that first pick. Um, at the end of the day though, you got C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young now. The Bears, nine times out of 10, are not going to pick a quarterback, I think. I feel like they think they have enough in Justin Fields. They can trade for DeAndre Hopkins and add another receiver to that with mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. You got Juju Smith-Schuster, so they can get Juju Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chase Claypool. And, I mean, you got Claypool and Juju, who's the Steelers, did well with them. Uh, what's his name? Mike Tomlin, 16 seasons, never had a losing season. So, you know, clearly Juju still has it. He looked well with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you you put all three there. You get Juju, Clay, Chase, Claypool, and you get DeAndre Hopkins. You got uh, Justin Fields, and then you trade that pick to the Texans so they can get whatever quarterback they want. Or the Texans just know, like, look, I know they're not taking a quarterback, so we can still get our guy. Either way, I, I don't feel like it mattered. Lovey lost or won that game. He was going to get fired regardless. I think it's funny, though, the fact that he went for two, knowing that not only was he going to help the team that fired him before, which is the Bears – and he's going to screw over the team that's about to fire him. He, like, lit two matches. Because now the Bears actually, I think the Bears' decision probably would have been made for themselves if they didn't have the first pick. Like, oh, let's just go get Will Anderson Jr. We got rid of Khalil Mack, so let's add a rusher, and then we'll go out and get some receivers. Now they kind of got to make a decision. Like, okay, so do we get a quarterback? I mean, we can get any quarterback we want. Is Justin Fields our guy? Like, he lit two matches and said, you figure it out. And so that's why I love that move by Lovey Smith. Like, screw you. You're going to fire me? All right, here you go. I'm, I'm giving this pick to the Bears. Um, but, yeah, it was funny to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't love when a team brings someone in just to kind of keep the seat warm. Right. I, I don't think that's very good business. The Texans continue to find ways to, to seem like an undesirable franchise. Even after getting rid of Deshaun Watson, they still kind of have that stench on them. I, I just yeah. – I don't uh, – I don't think Sean, like if they think they're going to go get Sean Payton, I don't think Sean Payton wants to oversee a rebuild. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to get a big name coach. I think they're going to have to kind of bring in someone young. And uh, that's, again, not going to have a great team next year. Maybe a rookie quarterback, though, they can get excited about. There's a uh, lot of good uh, coaches out there, too, though. So who knows? I mean, D'Amico Ryans, uh, you got Steve Sarkeesian with Texas. I mean, he didn't have a great bowl game uh, attitude, but, I mean, I know he's been an NFL coach. So there's some coaches out there. Jim Harbaugh, you know, who knows where he's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, what were you going to say? Uh, no, I was just going to move to the next question. Okay. Um, I got one non-football topic for the day. Yep. The Timberwolves are at the halfway point, Ron. They are 20-21 and 21 through 41 games, halfway mm-hmm. through the season. So with that in mind, what is their final record going to be? Um. I honestly don't know. <laughs> like this, <laughs> I seriously just don't know. I, and this is why. So when you when you look at 
who they lose to and how they lose. Like I went to the Pistons game, like I said, and the way they lost that game, not losing the game, because you're going to lose games, but the way they lost the game. So what I want to see from them, and this is if they learned, they, 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 like all the games I thought they were going to lose, they came back and won. Like they beat the Nuggets. They beat the uh, Trailblazers. They beat the Clippers and they came back and beat the Rockets. Like I'm sitting there like, what's going on? So the Pistons are the next game Wednesday. I want to see how they deal with the Pistons this time. Cause last time they had a big lead on the Pistons and they literally let it go almost like Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings. But the difference is Kevin O'Connell knows how to come back and win games. Once the Pistons got hot, the Timberwolves couldn't figure out how to slow it down. Like I thought Anthony Edwards was on the bench too long. I felt like, and I've said this time and time again, he's the guy, like he's got to be the guy to get it going. So when you look at the Pistons, the Suns, the Cavs and the Jazz, so you got four more now, um, all within the next, what, the 11th, 13th, 14th and 16th. So they got some quick turnarounds. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what they do. Like it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. So I can't say now because they haven't, they like, they never put together enough. But, like, give me those four games. Give me four more. If they can win three out of the next four, I truly believe they can finish above 500 and they have a slim chance of getting, you know, that whatever seventh seed or or not seventh seed, sorry, ninth seed and, you know, and getting the playing game. Um, but it, it, it it's it's all up to the rest of the West too, though, because it doesn't feel like some of these – like some of these teams I feel like now are going to start to – and that's why the NBA is trying to change that tanking rule, that if you know you're out, we're going to tank for Victor. Like he is a unicorn at seven five, seven four, whatever he is. He keeps changing his height every day. Um, I think he's really like seven two, probably. And then the shoes, but you know, when you look at a seven two guy that can handle the ball like that, shoot threes. He's a unicorn. Now Chet Holmgren couldn't hold up to the banging of a true NBA, you know, group of guys, and so Victor's just as skinny. Can he hold up to that same banging? Um, that's going to be the key for me. But when you look at the Timberwolves. I really don't know. I mean, right now, if I had to guess, I'm going to say they're going to finish 500. Uh, that just seems what they feel like. They, they beat the teams they shouldn't beat, and then they lose teams they shouldn't lose to. Like, it, they're doing it reverse. It should always be beat every team you're supposed to beat and split with the good teams, and you have a formula for, say, Glenn Mason would always say that to us. The Timberwolves aren't doing that right now, but again, maybe they will figure this out with Anthony Edwards. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns a little break. Maybe he'll come back energized, and, you know, maybe that'll be the boost they need. But I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about the Timberwolves? I think they're playing better, which is great to see four in a row. But the West is also there to like pull away in. I'm not saying they're going to win the West, but look at, yeah. I mean, Sacramento is the five seed right now, mm -hmm. and they're one and a half games above the Timberwolves. If right. the Timberwolves go on a little run, they could easily jump up to a five or a six seed and even True. avoid the play in round. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I mean, right now it's a log jam. Golden State and Phoenix are two teams that could also take off in the second half of the year. But mm -hmm. I think the Wolves could leave the Clippers, the Kings, the Blazers in the dust and at least get comfortably out of that play-in. So I think the West is actually you know, shaping up well for some team, maybe the Timberwolves, mm -hmm. to kind of get hot yeah. and to separate themselves. So that's what I'm hopeful for. Well, I, we'll see. We'll see. But it's playoff week, people. I'm excited. Vikings, Giants, going to be a 3.30 kickoff on Sunday. Make sure you stick around because we got some good content coming all week. I got Peerless Price, former Tennessee volunteer, former Peyton Manning teammate. So he's got some good stories. And then we're going to get Garrett Bush. He went viral for his comments about the NFL and the NFLPA and how they handle player injuries. As we know with DeMar Hamlin, we'll talk about his contract tomorrow and what the Buffalo Bills decided to do with that contract. But is that not happening enough? Should be a good week, people.
Stay tuned for more content coming from the Ron Johnson Show and Locked On Sports Minnesota. And remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube uh, channel where you can find all of our videos, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your comments in the section below. I want to thank you and have a great day.